whipping up some ranch. BBQ. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back yet again. It's time for another fantastic episode of Sauce Talk. And on the other line is fucking nobody. It's a solo ep, friends. It's one of those. We do those sometimes. I don't know what causes me to want to do the solo ep, but sometimes I want to do the solo ep, and here we are doing the solo ep. Uh, It can be a solo ep, but there are certain things that I think should happen in most every podcast, not necessarily all of them. But almost every episode of Sauce Talk starts the same way, and this episode will be no exception. Johnny, eat anything good lately? Great news, friends. The answer is yes. I. Now this uh, was this yesterday. No, it's been a minute. But lately, lately could mean we could mean anything. Lately is a broad term, and uh, I ate this a little while back, but recently. I was reminded of its existence, and I started getting hungry for it all over again. And so when I sat down to write out my truly insane one-person sauce talk agenda, I thought of nothing but the Elotes Benedict that I had at Lonesome Rose here in Chicago recently. Uh, Lonesome Rose is a Tex-Mex restaurant, uh, well, previously only in uh, Logan Square slash really South Logan Square. I don't know if it's Logan Logan Square anymore. But they recently opened a location in Andersonville as well, which is much closer to me, which I love because I liked Lonesome Rose quite a bit when... I uh, didn't have one close to me. So now that I also have one close to me, all the better. Uh, the Elote's Benedict is fantastic. It's pretty much just what you'd expect, uh, except it's got more of a tater tot base um, than a biscuit. But just imagine the most beautiful eggs Benedict you've ever had, except instead of a bunch of ham in there why it's delicious corn what a great meal i mean what an what an exquisite meal i loved it i'm a big fan of lonesome rose in general i especially like the fish burrito there when i am there in non-brunch hours uh it's really good uh the logan location also has a bar in the basement and I love a basement bar under really any circumstances, but it's an especially good basement bar. It is called Golden Teardrops. Uh, the bartender is cool, and it is not exactly a chill place to hang out. If you don't get there, like Gene and I, will, when we would go to the Logan location, we'll frequently make it a point to like get to the restaurant a little early, so we're pretty much heading down to that bar when it opens. Because if you show up later, you're not going to get a seat. And people hang out there a long time, which is really good. Uh, Great cocktail menu. Really good vibes. They've got a cool, like, surveillance camera that shows the footage. I guess the camera 
is recording footage of people coming down the stairs to the bar, and then you don't think anything of it when you're walking down the stairs, but then when you get downstairs, part of the fun entertainment is that you can then look up and see there are two small closed-circuit TVs displaying the footage of everyone coming down the stairs, and you'd be like, ha, I was never dumb like them. They don't know they're being watched. Now, if you go, you'll have an advantage. Uh, they also, they have, they have uh, another thing I appreciate at that bar, a shots menu. I like it when a bar tells you some shots they want to serve you. And especially, they are pushing Ferrari shots pretty hard. Boy, do I love a Ferrari shot. Great bar, great restaurant above it, great second location in Andersonville, great Elotes Benedict. Do it up. This is the moment in the podcast where I realized that a necessary part of doing these solo apps is I got to just take a little break and let it ride between segments. I can't talk this long, but it's okay. I have a, a little something, something. Lagunitas in front of me. I enjoy that. I can take a big swig of that. I got some water. I got some cinnamon mints. I shouldn't eat those on mic, but ooh, do I love a cinnamon mint. So maybe that'll happen soon too. Time for another delicious swig. The next segment is about moving. Perhaps you've moved recently. Uh, I have discussed this to various extents with various listeners of the podcast. So wherever you're coming in, you can pick up here and you'll be just great. Uh, A few months ago, my landlord said, I'm jacking up your rent to a preposterous degree. And I said, oh, no, I was already paying as much as I wanted to pay in rent. As much as perhaps I could pay in rent. Perhaps I will die if I attempt to pay the new suggested amount of rent. And so I told my landlord, I cannot pay that rent. I will be vacating the premises. And then the terrible ordeal of looking for a new apartment began. And Gina and I instantly had a massive list of requirements for any new apartment and an extremely short list of Apartments that could potentially make sense coming back to us. And I we talked to some real estate people, not the house buying kind. I ain't got none of that money. But the like, oh, we can help connect you with the right apartments and got on the weird Zen list thing. Did all the stuff. Looked at some places. We were, just, we were just not finding the right stuff. At one point, we did... Now, Milwaukee, Wisconsin is a wonderful city to visit, and we were lucky to get to visit it, but we did visit it with the idea that perhaps we would move there, and we did set up three apartment showings while we were in town, and we visited these apartments, and one of them, in fact, was actually very nice, and we had a good time in Milwaukee, but we returned home from Milwaukee thinking we would prefer not to move to Milwaukee. And so we redoubled our our efforts. 
more convinced than ever that we would soon find the perfect apartment. Uh, it's rough out there, folks. I'm not. I get, I'm not telling you anything new. Maybe I am telling some of you, and all you guys have houses. You don't. You don't give a shit about this anymore. Good job by you, especially by a house before the interest rate went up. Fucking genius act shit right there. But uh, we kept looking at apartments. We kept not finding the right places. We kept finding the places that we could afford that we did not already reside within were much worse than the place we already lived. And then eventually I reached back out to the landlord, did some incredibly powerful negotiation. Think of me using my law degree. Oh, just the the most perfect negotiation skills. Everyone, jaws agape. I guess he's more like mouth agape in it. Everyone was blown away by how good I was at negotiating my rent that back down to just slightly higher than what it was before. And so by definition, higher than I wanted to pay. But goddamn, you should have seen the fucking place I was going to have to move to if we were going to pay the same rent. Fucking shit. Or three miles from the train. So many fucking places like, oh, yeah, it's not that far from the train. It's a 15-minute drive. What am I going to do when I get there? Ditch my car and hope it's there when I get back? I'll just leave the safeties on? Great idea. No. So we're not moving. We're going to stay here. But uh, who knows? Who knows how long? We we looked into leaving. And it could happen again. So it, it's always important to take advantage of the opportunities in your life, get, oh, 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 I like this one, I got something, guys, God, it's better than I thought, I can do this twice, gather ye roads, buds, see what I'm doing there, hang out with me while you get the chance, I could leave Chicago at any minute, gather ye roads, buds, strong, pleased with that, bing, uh, did that sound like a defeated bang? Because it was one. Um, I'm talking to you now, Saturday morning. Let me tell you a, a quick addendum to that story. I recorded this podcast Thursday night, and then I intended to release it as I usually do these days on Friday afternoon. But then in my excitement at finishing work a little bit early and getting to go and meet Gina for drink and dinner and whatnot, I left the house and forgot to upload the podcast. And so I was disappointed, but I was like, that's okay. I'll just, I'll get it out later tonight or tomorrow, whatever. And then a couple hours later, sitting at dinner, got an email from the property manager stating, stating that the property owner has changed his mind and is no longer interested in renting to us at that price or anything below the initial large amount that I can't pay. So we are not staying, but we still do sure have a lease that's up at the end of June. Uh, We'll fucking see what happens. Uh, lots of things on the table. Who knows where I'll be anytime soon. Uh, exciting, right? Go back to the regular show. I'll be okay. Don't worry about me too much.
Bing. This is just a thought I had the other day. This I don't know why this kind of stuff pops into my head, but sometimes it pops into my head. I was like, what would it be like if, remember that time Pat got really into eating Taco Bell every day? So Pat is a person who tends towards, I don't know, obsessive tendencies, doing one thing a lot. It's happened before. It'll probably happen again. Uh, I was like, what if Pat put all his mental energy towards getting really jacked and he just went to the gym all the time? I thought about this. And I realized that if Pat went to the gym all the time and he got really jacked, I would still be able to beat him up really easily. I don't think he would change anything. Do you think he would change anything? I bet you don't. I bet you're picturing this right now. And first off, it's funny. I mean, honestly, you could do this with every person in the group. Like, just imagine a quick cycle of steroids and a bunch of gym excitement. And then picturing your good friend, insert name here, whoever you want to think of, getting real jacked. It's funny to picture. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying myself picturing Pat, but I just, I know it wouldn't matter. Pat, I could still beat you up. And in fact, I eventually realized that if Pat did get really jacked, it would actually make me really mad. And I would, I would go out of my way to beat him up for that reason. So Pat, do not get jacked. It will accomplish nothing. In fact, it will make your life worse. Don't do it. I'm not saying you're unjacked now. You're not like, like you have nerd tendencies, but you are not like some scrawny weakling. You're fine. Stay how you are or I will fight you. I don't go to a lot of live music anymore and that's fine with me. But I do go to live music sometimes, and that's fine with me, too. Uh, There is a thing that's not fine with me, though. When I go and I see a band or even just a musician play, I don't like it when they're doing too much up there. I am paying good money or whatever the situation is that accounts for this show being free that I attend, some chamber of commerce or community group is paying good money. It's the same. It's the same for me. I'm paying good money. You should hire enough artists. I do not want to watch people multitask. You playing the piano? I mean, somebody else has to sing. I don't need it. Would anybody be impressed if I was like, oh yeah, I wrote the head notes and I replied to my emails at the same time. Two different hands on two different keyboards. Unacceptable. I got to do one thing at a time. So do you, musician. Get that, you know that thing, that thing that holds the harmonica while you play the guitar? Throw that thing in the trash. Bin it all up in a different shape so it doesn't fit around your head anymore. Fuck that thing. Somebody else can play. Well, you sing the song or you play the guitar or whatever it is. One exception. I do like a one-man band. How many times have I seen a one-man band? I'm going to guess zero to two. I have no specific memories of seeing a one-man band. However, 
I've been to Walt Disney World a bunch of times. I feel like that came up at some point. That seems like a pretty easy thing to send some dork out there with like a squeeze box with squeeze box between his knees and a symbol to jump up and down on. I bet I have seen a one-man band in. I bet I loved it. That can stay. If you're the only if, if it's your gimmick that you're doing all this stuff, that's fine. And in fact, I would I would support increase in prevalence of one man band and increase in diversity of one man band. We think of this you got like the guy with the little squeeze horn like a bike horn and he's playing the harmonica and he's screaming and he's just smacking a drum. You get some synth in here? I feel like we could do some some electronica. Something like that. Mix it up. Bang your face on the synth while you do something else. We can I want an electronic one man band. And at the end, if he does a bad job, we kick him into a pool. Yeah. It's time for our next segment. You Perhaps you've heard of it before. It's called I Like This Better. Music Sting. Uh, it still doesn't exist. But that's okay. Uh, I can explain the game to you, even without a music sting leading into it. Uh, this is the playlist game. We have create. We are working on creating our second playlist. We are not allowed to use songs from the first playlist, and the only rule is that each song you add to the f- new playlist must be a song that you like better than every other song on the playlist so far. And it's still relatively early, so perhaps it's not that difficult. You can't use songs from the first playlist. You know those. We're not going to review those. But uh, given that there's only four songs on the new one, I can tell you the four songs. They are Better Things by the Kinks, This Must Be the Place by Talking Heads, Angel from Montgomery by, I'm going to say, John Prine slash Bonnie Rayette, and House of Cards by Radiohead. So that's it. That's the whole list. Uh, I considered a lot of things because this is my first time playing the game. Uh, It's a huge part of why I decided I wanted to do a solo podcast because I wanted to do the song game. But as soon as I I assigned myself the duty of getting to play the song game by deciding to do a solo podcast, I fell right into the same trap of everyone else. The pressure only builds. It's only more obvious that uh, you want to do a good job on your song. And so it took me a little bit. I considered several songs, but I've landed on what I think is a winner. And most notably, I do believe is a song I like more than the uh, four songs already on this list. My song... Is Running Out of Luck by Alex Cameron. Do do y'all like Alex Cameron? I like Alex Cameron. Alex Cameron is a, well, he is an Australian musician who sings like upbeat, fun rock songs. 
and he kind of has like a weird persona thing that he has like a he's kind of doing a character who is a <clears throat> really unsuccessful rock musician but also he himself is a pretty unsuccessful rock musician so i do, maybe he's playing it up for fun suggesting that he prefers not having big hits on the radio but he has friends who've had big hits on the radio, and the most famous of them is Brandon Flowers. And uh, to me, Running Out of Luck is very obviously the song with the most Brandon Flowers influence. And to hear our, our friend Alex Cameron tell the tale, that's very much intentional, and it's in no way a surprise. Uh, Brandon Flowers... Dis- we didn't discover Alex Cameron. Alex Cameron was a going concern. But uh, Brandon heard some of Alex's music and said, you're really good. I'd love to work with you sometime. If you ever come through Las Vegas, hit me up. And at some point, Alex Cameron went through there and played some music for him. And he said, by the way, I have this one song I really like. And uh, they had talked before, and Brandon Flowers always said, you should write bigger choruses, because what else would Brandon Flowers say? Then you should write the biggest choruses you could ever imagine. And Alex said, I've got this one song. I think I've really done that this time. And he played the song for him. I don't know if this was a tape or in person or what. But as the story goes, Brandon Flowers said, that's a really good song, but you didn't write a big chorus. You wrote a big pre-chorus. I'd be happy to help you with this. And so this is an Alex Cameron song that does have a Brandon Flowers credit on it. And when you listen to the song, I I think you may recognize that. It's a fantastic song. It satisfies my number one test for... Hmm, I can't go that far. I love lots of different songs, and I like lots of really sad songs, probably to my detriment. But I I can't go so far as to say this is my only definition of songs that I like, but one of my definition of songs that I not only like but truly love is that they make me feel like my head is on fire. And that is a specific thing. I think of this in terms of movies and other art all the time. Like that certain feeling of like, I can't even think properly because I'm so excited about looking at or listening or whatever to this thing. And boy, does this song do that for me. Uh, Sounds great. The lyrics are awesome. I frequently have attempted to, and this is an ongoing thing, I have often and continue to tell Gina that this is our song. And boy, does she reject that notion. So to be clear, this is not our song. Because I think it is and Gina thinks it isn't. And if only one of you agrees, it's not your song. Hmm. Uh, quick aside, I think I'm going to start asking people, uh, couples, what their song is. That's fun. What's your song? Great note. What if every, 
every segment on the podcast was about a song. I like music, so it's a good idea. Anyway, running out of luck. This is an incredible song. I love everything about it. I love its origin. I love how I think about it now. I love how it makes me feel. I think it's fun that Gina thinks it's a good song, but... And when you listen, should you choose to listen, which you should do, uh, it will not be difficult to ascertain why Gina is outrageously offended by the idea that I think this should be our song. But it's it's one of my favorite songs. And uh, that's my song, Running Out of Luck by Alex Cameron. We are banging out the big guns right in a row. It's time for our next segment. Johnny, what sauce are you bringing to the table this week? Why, that's an easy question. I have perhaps very lightly, slightly, just the tiniest little bit alluded to this already. But my sauce could probably be defined a number of different ways, but I'm going to call it Fish taco sauce. You know what I'm talking about. It's really light pink. It's on fish tacos. It's got like sour cream and mayo and hot sauce and lime and whatever else in it. God damn, I love that sauce. It's so good. In an earlier segment when I discussed Lonesome Rose, I mentioned their wonderful fish burrito and god damn you know. That fish burrito has got a lot of fish taco sauce wonderfully mixed throughout. That's as good as sauce gets. Uh, If somebody wanted to specifically give me that sauce in a bottle and let me dip vegan chicken nuggets in it, let me put it on a veggie sandwich, let me put it on any kind of veggie taco or burrito or nacho or whatever I make at home, I'm always excited for it. It's a fantastic sauce, but I have to concede it feels more exciting in a restaurant. When it comes out, when you get an actual fish taco, or I guess in some cases a fish burrito, and it is is presented there for you, you don't even have to taste it. You can just see those streaks across the top of the taco. You're like, I know I'm in for a good time. It's going to be so good. And what's especially exciting is sometimes you go to a place, you order something, even a fish taco, and you think it's going to be on there, and then those tacos come out. It's not there. You don't always get it. You assume you're going to get it. I at least assume I'm going to get it. You don't always get it, though. But that makes it. And and again, the other sauce that they put on it, maybe it's like a more avocado-forward sauce, so it's a little greener. can still be really good, but that makes it only more precious when the, when the truly beautiful thing that you want to see comes out you're always excited i love fish taco sauce i love it on fish tacos i love it off fish tacos but damn do i love that sauce it's time for our next segment i have alluded to the fact that this segment was upcoming on a previous episode now i, I suppose it is here I'm going to talk about uh, the show Jury Duty. 
Uh, do you know anything about the show Jury Duty? Perhaps you've heard of it. It has gotten a fair amount of attention. Seems like more and more all the time. Uh, I don't think anything I say will spoil anything from Jury Duty, though. So if you have not watched the program yet, I wouldn't... I, I find myself to be very spoiler-averse. But I think that despite that, even I would be very comfortable listening to the segment that I'm about to record, assuming I do it perfectly, which I do try to do with every segment. Uh, Jury Duty is a show on Freebie, so of course I'm talking about it. Just kidding. Uh, Who's ever heard of anything on Freebie? That's weird. Uh, It came out... I want to say at the beginning of either April or May, but I'm not sure which. I didn't watch it initially. I had heard about it, but the initial reviews were not especially good. It is very much in the vein of a lot of shows I like, though. It is a sort of reality show that has some weird mixed signals it's sending. If you're a person who's into... Nathan for You, How To With John Wilson, The Rehearsal, uh, Paul T. Goldman, any number of shows like this. This probably sounds at least somewhat familiar. I am an enormous sucker for this type of show. So the moment I heard about it, I was intrigued. But then it was on Freebie, which is a free streaming service, ad-supported, that is owned by Amazon. Uh, not the greatest sign. Amazon has its own regular streaming service. If they thought this show was that damn good, I'm sure they would have put it on Amazon Prime. And then the reviews were not great. But then I just kept hearing about it. And then eventually I was like, oh, there are these articles. They're like, there's this show called uh, Jury Duty that's on Freebie, but all the TikTok teens seem to love it. Now, I'm not on TikTok. But I do know that sometimes the TikTok teens, they know some stuff. And so when they know some stuff, uh, perhaps I want to listen. Perhaps I want to I wanna be around and see what they got to say. And so eventually the tide shifted to enough of an extent that I watched this show. And to be perfectly honest, since I've watched this show, the from what I've read, the attention focus on this show has only significantly increased to the point that I read an article on Vulture the other day about like how fucked up streaming in general is and how all these big companies had an enormous cash cow called cable and carriage fees that they decided to kill because Netflix was getting their stock price to go up, and maybe they really fucked up. And that article said that based on their reporting, uh, Jury Duty is or will soon be the most watched show that has ever aired on Freebie or Amazon Prime Video, including... The fucking Lord of the Rings show that Amazon Prime made where they paid $250 million just to get the rights to make the show. And then by some accounting, Amazon disputes this, but this article said that by their reporting, 
Amazon spent $250 million to get the rights and then $50 million an episode to make the show. And more people are watching, more people have or will soon have watched Jury Duty. That's bad. It's really bad. The article's good. You should, if you go to Vulture, I think it's called like The Binge Purge. Questionable title. But you can kind of see what they're getting at. Really good article on Vulture about uh, streaming services and how things are going over there. But that only reminded me that I needed to talk about jury duty on the podcast. And so here we are. Uh, that's the background of the show. Here's what the show actually is. It's a reality show about a jury in a real civil court case in a real courtroom in a in like in a dispute between an employer and an employee and the hook is that it's all fake and everyone involved is an actor except for one person who truly believes he is really on a really weird jury that gets sequestered and he signs like Whatever you're, I'm sure this is a bunch of lawyers mostly listening to this. Whatever uh, immediate, obvious questions you have are solved by a combination of subtle mistruths given to the guy and general, you know, naivete about the justice system. And so, like, when they tell him, like, oh, yeah, they're making a documentary about this trial, and they're going to show it, but it's a special documentary. They're going to show it in, like, in law school. So it's very serious. And the fact that you signed up to be on a jury while you're between jobs, that's actually totally fine and not a big deal. And perhaps you and I would say, well, that's very silly, but honestly, do you think the average person would think that that was impossible? I, I would say absolutely not. Uh, this brings up an important point that I'll go ahead and jump ahead to. I am operating under the belief that everything we see in this show in regards to the main character thinking it is real, I, 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 I 100% believe it. Uh, Gina did not watch this show with me, but... Boy, has she heard a lot about this show from me. Uh, she thinks I am a fool, both in this regard and many others. Um, she thinks that obviously this show is completely fake, and perhaps she is right. I don't think she's right, though. I watched the show. I saw the emotion, the life, the love in that man's face. No one no one could trick me. I know what truth looks like. And I saw truth in that man's face. But also maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a fool. It's possible. I I I mean I it's, it's an easy thing to fall back to, but what do any of us really know? The idea that I would come on here and say that oh, I I am 100% certain that this was real or or false. I mean, we don't know anything. Maybe they got me. Hope not. I don't think they did. But I don't know they didn't. Maybe maybe someday we'll find out. 
Anyway, you can imagine how this kind of show would go. A bunch of goofy antics happen. Some of them are outrageous. Some of them are just a little crazy. Um, and uh, so to begin with, this is this is very much. This show is a comedy. I think the, uh, I believe the two creators are like two producers from The Office, and to me at least, the comedy is a a weak point. The uh, the success of the bits that they attempt varies. And also we know that they don't show everything. They don't show every single bit they tried. So these are like they selected for the bits they thought worked. And sometimes like the weird thing the guy goes along with, but it's just, it's not very funny. But sometimes it's actually quite funny, to me at least. Perhaps you will, maybe if you watch this show, you will find that the hit rate of the comedy bits is much higher or much lower. Uh, that isn't what I especially liked about it. As always, I am just a sucker for this sort of reality show that is more than anything commenting on what reality television is and things like that. Um, I enjoyed watching the show a lot. Uh, I don't, I, I, again, I don't think I would have, I find myself to be very spoiler reverse, or at least I, I know what my opinions about spoilers are, and I am very regularly told that I care more about spoilers than almost anyone. Um, so I, I, I think you should feel like you should you can trust me when I say this isn't spoiler stuff. It also seems very obvious. At the end, they tell them, well, hey, this was all fake. Sorry. And then they, they give him a bunch of money to like kind of apologize, but also to be like, you're a good sport and you're a good guy. And I'm sure it was also like, and now that's why you're going to sign the fucking paperwork that says what we were really doing the whole time and we're not in trouble for doing it. Uh, so that's what happens. This guy's on a fake jury. They get sequestered for weeks. I, I Two or three weeks, I believe is correct. A bunch of crazy stuff happens. They get to a verdict in the trial. And then at the very end, they reveal that everything was fake. And that actually they made it seem like there were like three cameras around that were recording. But actually there were fake camera, the real cameras hidden everywhere. And that way more footage was taken than he realized. And that like every interaction he had with everyone over the past two or three weeks was filmed and would be edited into a, I guess, comedy series. I think this is deeply unethical and should not be allowed. I liked watching the show, and I'm glad I got to watch it. I I don't think you should do this. I think this is deeply wrong. People had criticisms, and I'm not saying their criticisms were wrong, but people had criticisms of the rehearsal this is so much worse. I I truly believe that if this happened to me, it would it would break me. Um, the show works. The guy seems okay. 
so much about both why the show works and why this the guy seems okay. And again, they get, they get credit for this. They in the last episode they discussed some of the stuff about how the whole show came together. And they said that like they worked really hard to find the right person and god damn did they find the right person. They found the most genial, sweet, kind bro from San Diego who has ever lived. And you 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 love the guy the whole way through and you also recognize he he is the sort of person who would fit for this but it could have gone so many ways and they didn't know and if anything the success of this is going to lead to worse stuff i don't i don't think they should have done this i don't like that this exists i think it's a mistake that said do i am i am i telling you not to watch it no i'm telling you to watch it but I also think that when you get to the end, you might find yourself feeling the same way that like, boy, this one worked, but that's not how we decide anything. The fact that this one worked is not good enough to justify even this one's existence, let alone the existence of the shows that are undoubtedly going to follow. Do I like this show? I guess, yeah, I did like watching this show. There's a lot of funny stuff in it. There's a lot of unfunny stuff, but on the whole, it's very interesting. Don't think they should have made it though, and I don't. I'm not a person who leans into that. I'm the one who said that the little boy in the rehearsal was fine. I didn't care about that. It was the older boy I cared about, and it's the even older guy in this show that I'm even more worried about. But you can watch it if you want. It's on freebie. It's free. That's part of the thing. The ads are fucking annoying. Here's a quick aside. Uh, not so far in the past, at the draft weekend here in beautiful Chicago, Illinois, uh, I was having a conversation with a friend of the show, Bill Kalish, and he called me out a little bit in a way that's really stuck in my head. He mentioned the fact that very frequently on Sauce Talk, I will say something along the lines of, we have time for just one more main segment, and we'll go ahead and do that now. And then he noted that he will look at the time remaining in the episode and see that there's 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and 10 minutes left. I can't deny this. This is true. This happens very frequently. But I do regard it as a... I mean, it is a read and then some. Uh... Yeah, I usually backload the episodes and I don't get through the stuff at the front fast enough. And then the thing I'm most excited to talk about, the thing that I feel like will cease to be an interview and will instead be us going back and forth is very frequently the last segment. Felt bad to hear, but I can I can say it's not happening this week. There's no other guest. I've been here the whole time. And also, we have time for just 
two more segments. So I'm not going to say the other thing. It's going to be great. Here's the thing I wanted to mention. There's been a lot of Taylor Swift talk lately for a couple of reasons. I I don't have a lot of Taylor Swift uh, takes in hand. I don't have a lot of interesting things to say about Taylor Swift, but she's been pretty unavoidable because she's doing this big tour. She was just in Chicago. I'm seeing all these people I know or used to know on Instagram who are going to the show and they're very excited. Uh, and she also had like, there's the shitty boyfriend thing who it seems like she's dumped. Good job by her. Yeah, people have shitty boyfriends. I, I'm, I'm happy to jump on attacking Taylor Swift, but I don't know if I got anything here. Perhaps if you know more about this, you disagree with me. I don't need, I, I don't care. Uh, I did want to take this opportunity to note, like, people are reflecting on their Taylor Swift fandom. And this might, it might surprise you to learn that I, myself, noted T-Swift skeptic. Well, I got a, I got a favorite Taylor Swift, uh, favorite Taylor Swift song, too. My favorite Taylor Swift song is the mashup of Antihero and Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. I considered playing it right here. It's very short, but I don't want to bother editing. So I'm just going to tell you that if you, I checked, and if you Google Antihero Boss Tones and your Google results are anything like mine, the first link will be to you a YouTube video that is 51 seconds long. And if you see that, you found it. It's a great song. Really, really good song. Video is fun too. It goes back and forth between the the T Swift and the Boss tones. Check it out. Uh, I will note as well that the the dude I don't remember his name. It's some stupid DJ name. The guy who made it got real cocky, and so after he made this fifty one second version that got some attention, he also made like a full three and a half minute song version of it or something like that. And incorporated a bunch of other artists. Boy, that sucks shit. Don't watch that. This guy, let me tell you, bro. You were not girl talk. Uh, uh, you, you can't do it. You got real, You did a good job finding the boss tones and the anti-hero. Everything else you did in that full version was terrible. This next segment is something I've had on my list of potential podcast segments for a while. And I initially had it on the I have I have, I have a large list and it's varied and some things have lots of subtopics and some things are just one idea. But then I also like there's some things where I'm just like, oh, the next time I have so-and-so on the podcast, I'll do this. It's like specific for that person. And then there's other things that are like, uh, this will be good for a guest. And then there'll be like a description of the type of guest. And then sometimes that description will be like, well, this is better for a uh, male guest. And this is better for a female guest. And so I had this one. And I initially was like, this is not a good topic for a lady guest. I'm, I'm not going to do it that way. 
And then later I was like, I also don't think this is a good topic for a man guest. And so uh, now it's a topic for no guests. I'm the one doing it. You all want to talk about wiki feet? It's a specific wiki feet take. I don't have broad-based wiki feet take. I don't have broad-based feet. Maybe if I had a specific type of feet or foot, I'd be more excited about wiki feet. I am not a foot guy. I cannot make that clear enough. Am I saying that like I would have shame if I were a foot guy? Yes. That's very much the point I'm trying to get across. Uh, I would tell you if I was a foot guy. You know how I know that? Because every guy who is a foot guy has got to fucking tell everybody about it all the time, apparently. Why do I know about anyone who's a foot guy? I should not know people's fetishes with extremely limited exception. And the limitations are so, so limited. I don't need to know about anyone's fetish, and yet I occasionally do, and I don't care for it. None of that is the point, though. The point is that occasionally I'm listening to a podcast. That's not true. Frequently I am listening to a podcast, but occasionally during my time listening to a podcast, someone, almost always a, you know, some guy, some dude, uh, will be like, uh, he'll make a joke about WikiFeet. He'll bring WikiFeet up. Is it because he has the foot fetish, a.k.a. fetish? Normalize saying fetish. It's good. It shortens up. Uh, is it because he has that? I don't know. In fact, I guess it probably means he doesn't because he doesn't say, by the way, that's me. I don't know. But somebody makes a joke about that. And then, without fail, Here's what follows. There's a woman on the show, and she screams, Oh my God, so gross. Talking about wiki feet. Like, oh, disgusting. Can't believe that exists. Shouldn't be. Beat. Beat. Wait a second. By the way, I have five stars on there. I hope I'm coming from a place of kindness here. I hope that my reputation is such that people will not think, oh, Johnny the misogynist is here to talk about how women jokes aren't funny. I I want to be a good person, and I'm trying to be a good person, but this confounds me. Simultaneously, hearing someone discuss their distaste, their revulsion in the face of people online being attracted to their feet. And then in rapid succession, by the way, the people online looking at my feet, why they think they're very good.
I'm not going to make any big point here. <clears throat> I think bad men could use this idea to try to make big points, and I think they'd be wrong to do it. But I don't like this. I get Here's the main thing. Here's what's up. Here's all I want to say. I look at this, and I am confusion. Well, friends, we have time for just one final segment, and not the one final segment that comes right before the actual final segment. It's time for the final segment itself. Plugs. Uh, I do have something to plug. In fact, I have two things to plug. I recently finished watching season two of Yellow Jackets. Did it seem like people were less into Yellow Jackets this season? Kind of my vibe. But guess what? I think it's still the fucking best. I loved it. Uh, Elijah Wood showed up and he was really good. Everyone is continuing to lose their minds completely and I love it. And most of all, the central conceit, really, at the end of the day, the main hook of the show is we have a group of women in a terrible situation when they're in high school and then different actresses playing the same women decades later. And that's just a fantastic starting point for a show. It's so much fun to see these different actresses playing the same characters, going back and forth, seeing how either they make the same mistakes or they change or whatever it is. Occasionally, perhaps intermingling some of the actresses. Oh my God, is that ever my favorite thing? It, it's it's a really good show. I think it's great. I love it. I'm so excited to watch more, but I I, I know it's going to be a while. Um, but I also, as part of this plug, I have an anti-plug. This show is on Showtime, and uh, here's what's up: Fuck Showtime. Like we have a lot of bad stuff to say of late about. F- formerly HBO Max, RIP, and now Max. Fucking nonsense. But uh, Showtime, no better. And it also really feels like show. So, so I gotta get. So Showtime, I don't have. I have cable, but I have it like through my building. And so it's awkward. And I don't have like a cable login that I can use. And I don't get Showtime. Through my cable, so none of this is gonna go anywhere. So I gotta, I gotta get the over-the-top Showtime, and so they're putting it on like, I think it's about to be primarily through Paramount Plus. But I watched this last season through adding a subscription to Showtime through Prime, and I think you could also do this through Hulu. But goddamn! So first off, that's annoying enough. So I have to already have another streaming service, and then pay an additional. Eleven dollars, and then get like a month of Showtime, and you fucking know that I started the month too soon, and I didn't watch all of it. Gina and I did not watch all of it in a single month, so it turned into two months. They fucking plan it that way, you fuckers, and you know what's coming next. First season, Yellow Jackets, great show, huge hit, ten episodes. Second season, 
nine episodes. And everybody was like, what the fuck? And they're like, at some point between now and the next season, there's going to be a bonus one episode. And you know exactly what this the purpose of this is. They're going to put that fucking one episode out on an island in between everybody's doing a month or two of showtime. And then there's going to be insanity twist in the that bonus episode. And so everybody has to watch it right away. And so everybody has to sign up for another month of fucking showtime. And then like three or four months later, or some number of months, there will be another new season. That's when season three will happen way later. And then they'll be like, oh, I guess you got to sign up again. And I'll accidentally do two. I don't want all these fucking months of showtime. Jesus Christ. Last line. This is a this is a fun plug. I love this show. It's another show. Um, I've plugged this show before, but it has become like a tradition in my household that each spring a show returns with no fanfare. I don't even know it's coming back. I had forgotten about it. And then one day I'm like scrolling through HBO Max and they're like, excuse me, Max. I'm scrolling through Max and they're like, by the way, did you know this is back? And I look and goddamn, if the first three episodes of the new season of Black Lady Sketch Show have not dropped. I love Black Lady Sketch Show. Uh, it's part of the, it, it, it's a great show. It's really funny, but some of the magic is unquestionably that it's kind of like, a, it's a little more ephemeral than the, the average sketch show, which in itself is, is, is pretty come and go. But like each season has a little bit different cast and each season has a little bit different vibe and they, they always change the, uh, the theme song and the intro is different every season. And it, it, it just feels like at the, this point, this, this this was the year this year. I haven't, I've only, I'm only halfway through this season. But this was the one where it's like, it's, it's just part of the late spring, early summer vibe. I was like, oh my God, I get to do Black Lady Sketch Show again. I love it. You should watch it. It's really good. It's on Max. So check it out if you got that, which you do, probably. And I bet you really like it. And uh, that's been a podcast. Thanks so much, Johnny. I've had the most wonderful time. Best wishes in the intervening days. Do you think we did a good job? Oh, yeah, we crushed it.